Hey guys, super quick here. Before we dive into today's video, I just want to let you know about our Clips catalog, which is absolutely free. It's in the description. There is a link to the Google spreadsheet where we have our most recent take on any single player. I haven't seen this anywhere. So for you guys who are subscribed, you might not know about this or anyone who is new here, please, I absolutely advise you to go check it out. It's a really good resource. You can see right here, you clip on it, over 200 and 30 players at the moment, over 500 clips. You come in, you want to look up any name, maybe Dak Prescott, Jalen Waddle, maybe some more topical things. Alexander Madison, DeAndre Hopkins are hot names. Remember, you want to go deep, like AT pair, Clinton Tune, whatever you want. We have it here. You'll click right on the hyperlink. It'll bring you right to our most recent video on the player. Now let's get into today's video. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. I'm Skylar at the FF Buffalo. I'm joined today by Paul Patterson at Paul underscore DFF with Dynasty Football Factory. How are we doing today, Paul? Doing great, Skylar. This is uh, this is exciting. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be back. Missed last week's episode. It was a little bit under the weather, but now that I'm able to get through here without the little coughs in for everybody, I'm glad to be back. We will be talking some quarterback twos today, um, and we're going to kick things off with Jared Goff this week, who Dynasty League Football May startup ADP is quarterback 19. He's going to be turning 29 during the 2023 season. He's under contract through 2024. He was a quarterback 14 in points per game in 2022 with just over 17 points in four-point passing touchdown leagues. That was his highest points per game since 2018. So, Paul, how how are we uh, thinking about Jared Goff in Dynasty right now? Honestly, Jared Goff is kind of, I think he's stealing the mantle from Kirk Cousins as like the quintessential QB2. Like that guy who you know is going to be QB12 to QB16 in any given season. Um, and I, and I, I had this feeling, so I went and I, I looked up his stats last year and they were like, it was insane how similar they were to Kirk Cousins. It was like 65.1 completion to 65.8, 4,400 yards, 4,500 yards. They both threw 29 touchdowns. Like they're like identical players. It's just that Goff is like five years younger. Um, so I kind of see them similarly, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm, I know consensus has Cousins ahead, but I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm almost willing to push Goff over him because I kind of see the same kind of path for them, maybe a few extra years for Goff. Jared Goff is just a very interesting case because he's been pretty back and forth his entire career. When you look at his finishes, it feels like low-end quarterback two, then fringe quarterback one, low-end two, one. And I think that's kind of where I completely agree with you that he is the quintessential quarterback two because you can almost bank on him finishing somewhere within that. And currently, the team he's working with is you know, arguably the best he's had in his career. I'd be pretty surprised to see him fall outside of quarterback two territory. I don't really think that's in the range of outcomes and getting him here at quarterback 20. A lot of times in drafts, there's a big group of quarterbacks there, which cousins has been sliding back into recently with Jared Goff, you know, Russell Wilson, um, few of these names that go before like that Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, that feel really intriguing. Um, and where I end up usually taking whichever one is left, uh, very similar to Jared Goff for me is Geno Smith just kind of feels like a guy that can be a quarterback one most weeks shouldn't really fall outside of quarterback two territory at any point, really strong offense here. I mean, the main difference I would say between Jared Goff and Geno Smith would just be a couple years in that age, but they're actually very similar. When you look at the team makeup, um, 
kind of what we expect from these offenses and the contracts. Like the contracts are near identical for me. I feel like a lot of people feel with the extension Geno got and with Detroit bringing in Hendon Hooker, that potentially there's a difference there. And these guys are on the books through 2024. Both of them have about 15 dead cap in 23 or five dead in 2024, about 30 million uh, in their salary. It feels like a situation where Jared Goff's probably just the Detroit quarterback through the end of this contract. And when you're expecting that mid QB two kind of as a median outcome, that's pretty valuable at quarterback 20. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with you there. I love Gino. Actually, he's one of my favorite guys in that ADP range, but I do see them similarly. You know, the lions are kind of these dark horse, like playoff contenders this season. So if that plays out, it's kind of hard to expect Goff to be, replace like number one because he would have to play well to get them there and number two how are the lions going to be positioned to replace him you know i'm not i'm not a hendon hooker believer like i I don't think that he's going to see the field i don't think he's guaranteed anything more than we saw from like matt corral malik willis guys like kellen mond that went in the same range of the draft Mm -hmm. you know a couple years ago kyle trask like we see quarterbacks go in the late second early third round all the time teams want to have quarterbacks developing behind their starters I don't really think there's anything there that suggests that Goff is going to be, you know, pushed or that he's going to have a lack of job security. If the team is successful, he's going to keep playing. And I don't know. He's, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to get you over the top, but I think he's the kind of guy that's going to stick around the league, play a couple of seasons for the lions, maybe move on to another destination, play a couple of seasons. I, I don't really see him washing out of the league because he just, he is very competent. Um, he does everything at an adequate level. And when you do put a good offensive line around him, a good cast of characters, uh, he can win games and he can manage a team. So I, I don't mind investing in him in him at his price. I do think his ceilings a little capped. Uh, you know, he isn't mobile and he's not an elite passer. He's at best above average when you put everything around him. So I don't think he's ever going to crack that, like, you know, 20 point per game threshold or, whatever threshold to get into that top eight, top six in a season. But as a QB two, as a guy that you can potentially invest, you know, get into at an affordable price, I don't mind him at all. Yeah. Now what, what do you feel like? Obviously we're talking in startups at quarterback 19. Um, that's somewhere between around six to nine, depending where your quarterback two runs kind of go in your super flex startups. What do you feel comfortable as an entry point for Jared Goff? If you were a manager looking to send out an offer, maybe you were in a QB two needy position, or you have a player like Kyler Murray on your roster where you're kind of trying to figure out a good way to patch it without losing value. What's the entry point for Jared Goff that would interest you? See, trading for quarterbacks is always complicated um it's usually difficult to get one without giving one up uh i did it's funny you mentioned that because i I did actually make a trade today for jared goff in a league where i have kyler murray and i didn't have to give up a quarterback to get that deal done so i i'll give you the details of that trade we can kind of break it down a little bit and just maybe try to extract what the value point there is for goff but it was a kind of part of a larger deal i traded away drake london Dalton Kincaid, Tank Bigsby, uh, and a third-round pick. So some younger guys, rookies, uh, second-year players. And then I received Goff along with Amon Ross St. Brown and Darren Waller. Um, And this was basically, I'm trying to load up for a run. The guy I was trading with is trying to rebuild, which is one of the easier ways to get 
a quarterback, especially, you know, an older, lower scoring, slightly lower scoring quarterback like Jared Goff is if you have a team that's looking to retool, you can maybe get that quarterback at a discount because they don't want to hold on to those points on their roster. But maybe we can start there and maybe tell me how you see that deal. I'll just say it one more time. It was London, Kincaid, and Bigsby, and a third for Goff, Waller, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, so I kind of view it as like um, London Bigsby third, Amara kind of just canceling these right out here. And then we're talking Jared Goff for, well, Jared Goff and Darren Waller for basically Kincaid-ish. I kind of see it around there, um, which for me is a great entry point. Jared Goff feels like one of the perfect targets. Him, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson are kind of three guys that interest me a lot if the 110, once we get past Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, Jordan mm-hmm. Addison, um, whatever order those three fly off the board. Once we get past those three, I'm comfortable sending any pick for one of those three guys. You could even argue for Addison, Quentin Johnson, and Zay Flowers that for immediate impact, the quarterbacks still could be considered at those spots. But, you know, during draft season, uh, certainly you probably ask for a little plus on top. So with Dalton Kincaid being the 110, I feel this is more or less kind of Waller as the incentive piece to push it over, which from your perspective, I love. You're trying to compete. You add in the quarterback two to sit behind Kyler. You add Waller, who could be a top five tight end for the next season. Um, and at the same time, if I'm the manager moving Jared Goff, if the value is maybe a second to third, a little off one way or the other, I probably prefer it to be back on my end. So it gives me a little juice to push back for a quarterback in the future. Um but I can understand both sides, right? The manager you moved with seems to be trying to leverage points off of the roster while maintaining value. So that way they can improve their own draft stock for next year without giving up, you know, more significant pieces for free. Yeah. I, I, I mostly like to build my rosters around elite quarterbacks. Uh, but obviously that's not always feasible. They're hard to get outside of startups. And the thing that I do like about Jared Goff's Geno Smith whoever falls into that range in a given season is that they are typically acquirable without having to give up a true difference making asset at another position. Like once you get up into like the current valuation of like a Daniel Jones, where he's being valued on par with like a Devonte Adams or like a Josh Jacobs in that range, that's where I'm out. You know, if I'm not getting difference making production at the quarterback position, I don't really want to give it up at another position, but with Goff, it's like you if you can give up, you know, Marquise Brown and a little something to get Jared Goff or like somebody in that wide receiver wide receiver two zone or somebody like a Kincaid who's unproven, you know, it's worth it because quarterbacks score so many points and you need them in super flex. Like you need to be able to start somebody. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like one thing we've said for several seasons in a row now with a player like Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr is Basically, whenever these guys in their ADP falls beyond quarterback 20 um, in Superflex, they were just worth the inquire. They're worth the buy anything um, around in terms of value that late first, early second, whether it's through players or actual draft capital. If it's players, even better. Um, they were just good buys because they're always something you can slide in as that second quarterback um, that can you know help you continue to win. And then obviously we're building through our elite quarterbacks. And these guys aren't really taking away from our ability to chase the elite quarterbacks or, you know, if we have one on our roster to continue to win, they, they really are um, stability assets for me, really good support assets. 
Um, it's the only time I have pushback on it is when you have someone like a Jared Goff, which he's not currently because of that quarterback 19 fight tag. A player like Matt Stafford a couple years ago, when he had that really big season as a you know, with a quarterback five in 2021, where he was primarily he plays out of the pocket. Like you're not getting those huge weeks that quarterback five was on the back of, you know, almost 5,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns, which for these, when that type of production then carries over into ADP the next season with these, these quarterbacks, I think they're terrible buys because again, the quarterback five, he was more close to like quarterback 12, the following season in ADP when now you're expecting him to produce at the quarterback one level. And if Jared Goff was going as like quarterback 13 or 14, then I'm now our expectations is he has to be kind of like that quarterback one for your team or else you really are investing um, past his median outcome. But when it's quarterback 19, 20, like yeah. I, I really like these buys, as I said, like the golf Gino Wilson, I'm just taking whichever guy is the last name left. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to get caught chasing like touchdown rate outliers, especially when you're talking about sub elite passers, you know, like, there are always these seasons where quarterbacks just run hot on touchdowns. Like for some reason, there's so many more passing than rushing touchdowns in a season and it inflates their points total. It's, it's not sustainable, you know? So you, you have to keep it in perspective. You know, we know it seems like the market understands like what Jared Goff is and what he's not like, he's not an elite player. He's not somebody who's going to sustain high end quarterback production. Like it seems priced in at this point that QB 12 is about as good as it's going to get. 100%. All right, guys. I think about those for Jared Goff. Um, typically, you know, we, ro we roll that enter in the banning for you guys, but I want to get into a little discussion before we did that. Uh, we'll come back and talk Russell Wilson after we roll the intro. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I, like, I'm, I'm in for Death, taxes, and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No, no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really... I, had not, I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. All right. Russell Wilson, Dynasty League football. May start with ADP was quarterback 20. He's going to be turning 35 during the 2023 season. He's under contract through 2028. Earliest realistic out on the contract <laughs> is 2026, and that would be them dropping $30 million in dead cap to do so. He was a quarterback 19 points per game last year, just under 16 points per game. That was the lowest points per game of his career. Uh, of course, that was what quarterback 16, I believe, in total finish. Um, Russell Wilson, for me, is very interesting. I feel like this is a player where he teaches a good lesson on expectation because the expectation for Russell Wilson when you drafted him in the second, third round last year is that he is a quarterback one. When he finishes as quarterback 16, you're disappointed. And I feel like the fade for him has gone all the way to quarterback 20. He slides a lot of super flex startup drafts I've seen between, again, rounds seven to nine. Um, now where manners seem very soured. Well, if you're taking him at 20, your expectation, if you finish at 16 there, you're going to be pretty pleased with that, right? Where, you know, when you're drafting him in the second round as quarterback eight, you'd be pretty darn disappointed with 16. So I feel like the perception of Russell Wilson is still primarily negative. When with this newfound ADP, my expectations are completely changed. Uh, how do you feel about Russell Wilson? Well, I think, with Russell Wilson, there's just a lot of uncertainty baked in. Like it's kind of the opposite of the golf discussion where we said, we know what Jared Goff is and we know what he isn't. I don't think we have any idea what Russell Wilson is at this point. Like he was an elite quarterback for eight or so seasons. 
and then he changes teams. He has a new coach. Vibes are just weird in Denver. I don't know. And he has not only a low fantasy finish, but just looked really bad. Like when he played, he just looked weird. Like he didn't know how to play quarterback. And so I think it's tricky for people to know where to value him. And that's why he falls into that quarterback 20 range. I'm very happy with that, with that price, because I'm, I'm someone who's more willing to like lean into uncertainty. I'm fine with a wider range of outcomes. And I think with Russell Wilson, because of what he has shown in the past, I think he does have potentially a higher ceiling than the other quarterbacks going in this range. Like he's been a guy who's been above average, like near historic levels in touchdown rate throughout his career. And I'm not necessarily willing to just chalk that up to, you know, Pete Carroll's offense in Seattle. Like there, there must be something innate in his talent and maybe he's lost it. Maybe he's not getting it back, but I, I think that he's, truly capable of finishing at this QB 20 price tag where he's being, you know, priced. So I'm willing to buy in at that price with the expectation that, Hey, he just has, he has a new coach who we believe to be one of the best in the NFL. Sean Payton has an incredibly, you know, strong reputation as an offensive mind. He has good weapons in Judy, Dulcich, Sutton, et cetera. So, you know, I, I just think he's the kind of guy worth investing in at this price. Yeah. Well, when you do something for nine years, there's probably a little something to it. I don't think you can say, as you said, it's all Pete Carroll for nine years. Obviously Russ was a part of that. Russ will be a hall of fame quarterback when it's all said and done. He is turning 35. So Russell Wilson is just now entering that territory for me, where it's not necessarily the long plan here. Uh, quarterbacks. I don't usually care about age when I'm looking at a three-year window until you're right around this point at 35. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned with Peyton coming in, Peyton working with Breeze, obviously until he was late in his career. One thing, like looking at a player like Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, when he was around that age 35, he was coming off his lowest point, you know, ever, which was like quarterback 10 at the time, which of course I think Aaron Rodgers is also a more talented quarterback than Russell Wilson mm-hmm. throughout his career, even at the point of age 35. But managers were starting just to hop off and give up on Aaron Rodgers, where he was he slid down to kind of around quarterback 16 or later price tag after that quarterback 10 season and it yeah. just seems like a good buy-in point for me because the risk again was very very low and i'm like well from what we've seen historically it's hard for me to bet against even if his next season finish was as bad as the last season quarterback 10 or if it had fell even a little further when you're taking him at quarterback 16 i'm gonna be pleased with it and i you know when i would expect with a quarterback like rogers i expect him to play at least two more years at that point I would have the same expectations for Russell Wilson with this contract. Like there is, there's no way he's not getting two to three seasons here with kind of the Peyton experiment, unless if it goes really, really bad and they just eat, they just eat it. They, they just blow things up and say, we're, yeah. we're, we're cutting everything. We, we really messed up this situation. So again, I'm just saying with Russell Wilson, I'm I'm worth buying in this quarterback 20 for sure. At that point, he could even end up the third quarterback on your roster. And I just don't see the risk here for that kind of a guy. No, there isn't any risk. That's the thing. It's like, what are you really missing out on? Because when you think about seasonal quarterback finishes, when you get to QB 12, you know, QB 12 to QB 22, 23, it's incredibly flat. Like it's within a couple of points per game. So we're pretty confident you know, not entirely confident, but pretty confident Russell Wilson's going to finish in that zone. Like he finished in that zone last year and he played terribly and he had a much worse coach. And honestly, you know, a lot of his weapons dealt with injuries too. And he, 
he dealt with some injury towards the end of the season even. Um, so we know he's going to finish in that QB2 range. But the thing about Russell Wilson is like he has potential for a little bit more than that. You know, I don't think Goff can finish in the top eight. I don't think Kirk Cousins can finish in the top eight. You know, other guys going in that zone maybe lack a little bit of upside where I think at least relative to his ADP, Russell Wilson has a lot of upside. Like he he can throw 35, 40 touchdowns in a season uh, if everything breaks his way. And again, the price is just so low, like relative to the quarterbacks, but also the other skill position players that are going in that range. I'm not really afraid to miss out on those guys going in, around him in drafts. Um, you know, if, if the quarterback run hits a little early, maybe it, it hurts more to take all of these QB twos, but you also don't want to come out of your startup with, you know, Baker Mayfield as your QB two. So you kind of have to just go with the flow of the draft, but generally where he's falling round seven, round eight, uh, it's very, very palatable to draft him. Yeah. And with Russell Wilson, I mean, the first four years of his career, he averaged over a hundred rushing yard rushing attempts per season. Then that kind of fell into the seventies for the next four or five years. And then the last two years we've seen about, 50 rushing attempts, which doesn't offer the same floor he had necessarily before, but it's still not nothing. Like when we look at a quarterback like Daniel Jones before this last season, the rushing attempts in the yardage was very similar. We got from Russell Wilson the last two years. And even before this last season, we're obviously for Daniel Jones that changed a little bit. And he added a couple more points per game based on that rushing floor. Um, the perception was that he was, mobile still like not quite Konami, but not quite stiff where with Russell mm -hmm. Wilson, he still falls into that bracket where he is giving you a couple extra points on the ground. It's not, obviously it's not Konami quite, but he's not as stiff even as a player like Jared Goff. And there's a non-zero chance, you know, that maybe he offers, you know, red zone rushing upside as well, right? He might not yeah. be the guy scrambling for, um, you know, 50 yards a game like he used to be, but I still think he has enough left in the tank to give you potentially three or four on the ground, which is mm -hmm. when we're talking about, as you said, there's very little moving between these quarterback twos. That could be the difference of quarterback 12 versus quarterback 18. Exactly. I think he even had a game down the stretch last year where he, he scrambled in for, I think it might've even been two rushing touchdowns in, in, in one game and people were, there was a little bit of like, oh, is the old Russ back? You know, it's like kind of a vintage performance in that one game. Um, didn't last. I think it might have been the game he got hurt, actually, which is why nothing really came of it. But, you know, he still has that capability. He he hasn't he looked off as a player last year, but he didn't look like he had lost like arm strength. It didn't look like he had lost mobility. Like he looked like the same player physically. It was like something was off mentally. I don't know if it was the scheme. I don't know if there was just like locker room problems I, like obviously we saw all the weird videos like what is russell wilson doing in these commercials or in these like instagram videos so i don't know something was off maybe it's fixed i'm willing to pay qb 20 prices to see if maybe they fixed russ that's basically the gist basically the gist all right we'll move past here and talk about a young quarterback Kenny Pickett, who anyone who follows the channel is going to, they're already getting excited for this one. Dynasty League football may start up ADP. He was quarterback 24. He's just 25 years old, quarterback 36 in points per game last year, right at 12 points per game. QB 36. Not, There's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Skyler. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, let's let's get this guy. We got to get young, right? <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Give me your, give me your thoughts here on Kenny Pickett and uh, let's have a fun one here. 
Yeah, look, I I try not to make any like hard and fast rules about who I'm willing to roster in Dynasty. Like usually for me, it's about the price, but man, it it has to be a, for me to roster Kenny Pickett. It has to be at a very very low price because I just don't see I don't see a lot of appeal in the bet on Kenny Pickett. Like he was a bad he wasn't a very good prospect, right? He was a late first round pick at quarterback, which is not a very ringing endorsement. Basically any quarterback with any level of pedigree or upside or excitement is going to go in the top 10. Like Anthony Richardson might not even know how to throw a football in a straight line and he went second overall. Um so the fact that he was a late first round pick, the fact that he was such an old prospect, he wasn't productive in college until very late in his career. Like there's just a lot of red flags. And then he came out and had a very, very uninspiring rookie season with a pretty solid cast of weapons around him. It just, the fact that he's young doesn't mean that he's going to play for a long time because if he's really bad, he's going to lose his job. And I don't know. I'm confident that he'll start for this season, but I don't believe that he's going to offer you anything that you want to put into your lineup. Like if you look at his underdog ADP seasonal drafts, he's going well into the twenties at quarterback. So it's not like anybody's expecting useful production this season. So if you, if you have an unusable 25 year old quarterback, who's probably bad, I, I just don't really see the appeal. There's, there's not really short-term appeal. There's not really long-term appeal. I, I mean, can you sell me on this, Skyler? Are you a, are you a big Kenny Pickett fan? I really cannot justify this. When you have a lower touchdown percentage than you do an interception percentage, that's, <laughs> that's brutal, right? I mean, for the quarterbacks, we really like to see that interception percentage under two and that touchdown percentage closer to maybe four or five at the lowest here, right? And Kenny Pickett, 1.8% touchdown percentage, 2.3% interception percentage. Oh, for you guys out there with the eye test, I would not say that he necessarily uh, passed that either. At least he gave you what we were talking with Russell Wilson, kind of the 50 attempts for two to 300 on the ground. So maybe there's potentially some upside there. But Kenny Pickett needs to take ginormous strides next year to guarantee anything. And my thing with these young quarterbacks, when people say, well, he's 25, I'm trying to get younger on my team. Maybe it's for my rebuild. The reason that doesn't work in Dynasty is because the quarterback position is very different to any other. The age is more or less a smokescreen because until you're, again, as we said with Russell Wilson, entering maybe that age 34, 35, we're really only looking at three-year windows. And with quarterbacks, you aren't guaranteed anything long-term until you prove yourself. Once these quarterbacks have proven themselves, um, again, like a Russell Wilson, even to some extent like a Jared Goff, once you have proven yourself, Kirk Cousins, then you're going to get opportunities in this league. You're probably going to stick with the team for two to three years. Another team when you leave is probably willing to give you an opportunity to go start a game there. Even a player like Carson Wentz was getting starting gigs for a while based on him, you know, somewhat proving himself for a season or two. And Kenny Pickett did not prove himself last year. And if you're betting on a price where you're betting almost as if he's already somewhat proven, which is like a lot of managers reaching in Superflex drafts, taking him around five, six, I've seen very, very frequently. Mm-hmm. It's just a mistake for me because there's there are no guarantees. This could be a quarterback who isn't the starting quarterback in two seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're investing in him like he's going to be part of the plans moving forward. And I just think that's a big mistake. We've seen it in years past with a player like Drew Locke when it just was, oh, he's starting now. You know, maybe he could make big improvements, and he kind of slid up into this similar part of the draft. 
I just didn't see it. You know, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, was another name like back when he was unproven, he slotted in. I think it was a necessity factor where people look at the age, they look at maybe they're struggling at their quarterback too on their rosters, and they're bringing these guys in thinking that they've solved the problem in the long term. And I just, I don't see that for a player at Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, uh, underwhelming prospect. He went late in the first, but I don't think he had a first round grade on at least 31 teams. <laughs> right. And, and I think it really did lean into something that he was from Pitt. He was right there in the building. The Steelers were in a position where even though it was a weaker class, like, well, it's we we pretty much have to take a stab here and we can always reevaluate in the future. I don't disagree with their decision in a vacuum, even when they did take him, but I'm not looking at Kenny Pickett like I would a top 10 type pick, a top 10 talent. We're not going to have that same patience. You brought up Anthony Richardson. Well, Anthony Richardson is a fresh 21. That's almost four years younger than when Kenny Pickett came in. And with these older prospects, we are hoping that we see a more polished product. And Kenny Pickett was not that guy. He really struggled uh, at certain points in the year, getting the ball outside. Of course, this Pittsburgh offense, the first half was one of the worst offenses in the league, kind of towards his his back half of his season. He started to come out a little bit. At least you can hang your hat and say, well, the offense, what became at least league average in terms of efficiency and production, they just weren't getting the touchdowns. So it was really where they struggled. Um, and, you know, they still have good weapons. They've tried to patch up the line. You can paint me that picture potentially, but I'm just not seeing it here when I'm investing with Kenny Pickett at quarterback mm -hmm. two prices. Yeah, you can paint the picture. I mean, it certainly it's possible that he takes a step forward. He improves. It's just what are the odds of – a massive improvement and what does that look like in your fantasy lineup and what does that look like relative to other players you can get that are already doing that right like geno smith is going you know depending on the adp you look at like if you go over to bulletproof adp pickett's going ahead of russell wilson and um geno smith and they're like sleeper drafts that they're tracking so it depends you know depending on the source he's going even higher and that's just outrageous to me like for him to even do what Geno Smith did last season would be a shock, right? And the fact that he's 25 doesn't matter. I was going to mention Carson Wentz as well because what is he now, 28, 29, and he's out of the NFL, right? Exactly. He had a season where he was locked in to be the MVP basically before he tore his ACL. And now, you know, five years later, he's out of the league. So Drew Locke was another great example. Um, I actually, one of my first like semi-viral, and by semi-viral, I mean like I had like 50 likes, on a tweet when I got on fantasy Twitter was about drew lock because he started getting all this hype and he, I saw him go ahead of Matthew Stafford in a startup that I was doing. And he was, that was when Stafford was like 30, 31 years old. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, why is he going ahead of Stafford? Like, look at Stafford's career stats. Like you think drew locks going to average 4,000 passing yards and 27 passing touchdowns a season for the next 10 seasons. Cause that's what Stafford's already done. And there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, but he's so young and he's like, he's the next big thing. He's going to be so good. It doesn't always work that way. Like even when players come in and have a couple of good games, if they don't have that pedigree, if they don't have that draft capital, like there's no guarantee that they're going to get a shot long-term. It could be over just like that. So not a guy that I'm really excited to roster. I would much rather trade down or, or if I'm in a draft wait and take someone like Desmond Ritter later. I don't sure. really see a significant difference. In fact, Ritter's got more mobility and, uh, you know, arguably weapons of the same quality. So I'd rather just take him at a discount. Uh, or if you want to really roll the dice on a young quarterback who could potentially become a cornerstone for your team, take Trey Lance half a round or a full round earlier, who at least has that upside, right? At least has that like top 
five upside at, at quarterback, even if it is a little bit of a shakier situation, I'd rather pay a little more for the ceiling uh, as opposed to, you know, kind of a low ceiling option in Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And when we talk quarterback 18 versus quarterback 20 versus quarterback 24, depends on the ADP source you're looking at, but really quarterback 16 through quarterback, like 25, they all go in all different kinds of order. The standard deviation between those guys is all over the place. They yep. get, as I said, somewhere between round six to nine, they're probably all coming off the board. Um, I'm sure in some drafts, again, with the age for play, Kenny Pickett might come off a little earlier. Um, and you know, and when you're in that range, it's just, I just can't justify taking Kenny Pickett. Um, a player like Mac Jones, who I actually prefer to Kenny Pickett quite significantly. He seems like a player where we have said, if he ever dips to the price point he's at now, he's probably a buy. I thought he was a lot like kind of maybe what we would expect from like a Derek Carr, where he's probably gonna have a lot of quarterback 20 seasons in his career, not really any upside. But of course we said as your quarterback three on your roster, if at any point you can buy in and get a player like that, that I think has a little more long-term stability, um, of course, a floor play, but getting that as a quarterback through your team offers a lot more for me than the reach on a player like Kenny Pickett. So if you are thinking about Kenny Pickett, I'm just going to tell you to go and take Mac Jones even later too. And I yeah. do like the idea of taking Trey Lance a little earlier just because at least you do have somewhat of an upside there. Um, I'm going to ask you, how do you view Kenny Pickett roughly the same age versus a player like Jordan Love? So I see those two as actually pretty similar types of bets. Um, I, I think you could argue Kenny Pickett has like a tiny bit more job security just because he's earlier in his rookie contract. But we're talking about two late first round quarterbacks, both pretty flawed prospects. Neither have shown anything really in the NFL love due to being on the bench and Pickett due to being really bad. And, uh, so I kind of see them similarly, and they typically go pretty close to one another. Um, but love is the same thing. It's like he doesn't have this – like rookie quarterbacks are usually bad, and you don't want to start them. But rookie quarterbacks have safety. Uh, they tend to accrue value because people expect them to be bad, and if they show any kind of promise as rookies, they accrue value. People want to pay for the year two breakout that's coming. And they know they're not losing their jobs. So love kind of has some of that, but mostly just the bad side, like the expectation of few fantasy points and the uncertainty about, you know, how he is as a player, but without the same kind of longevity or job security of a rookie quarterback where he's going into year four and he hasn't done anything yet, but he's going to be expected to play, you know, at a, competent level he's been learning and developing behind aaron Rodgers for three seasons so if he can't come out and immediately handle the offense i don't buy into this little fifth year pseudo extension thing that he's like guaranteed two years if he struggles this season i don't think the packers are going to have any qualms about moving on because they've already watched him in practice for three years so it's kind of the same thing. I just, I just, I don't want to buy into someone like Love, who's not really a mobile quarterback, who I didn't think was a good prospect. Who, honestly, even if he succeeds this year, I don't really see where the ceiling is. Right? Like, if you look at Daniel Jones, I know I'm jumping from quarterback to quarterback, but if you look at Daniel Jones last year, he was going into his year four. So Love's going to year four now. Last year, Daniel Jones was going to year four. He was a 
below average quarterback, like you, uh, like you said, close to losing his job, basically. Uh, you know, this was kind of his last shot with his new coach. So what does he do? He has a QB one season rushes for a bunch of yards, gets to the playoffs, wins a playoff game, gets a massive contract extension and where he's going in the fourth round of startups, which isn't incredibly high. Like he's still going as like the QB 14 or the QB 15 where Jordan love is like the QB 18 or 19. So if love comes out and does exactly that has a mid range or low end QB one season goes to the playoffs, wins a playoff game, gets a contract extension. What are we really looking at as the payoff here? He goes up a couple of positional slots at quarterback. Like that's the thing about Pickett or love. I just don't really see how they have a path to getting into that. Like round two of, you know, of startup value or getting into that elite tier of quarterbacks. Like, the ceiling is basically what Daniel Jones is now. And that's just not exciting to me. Yeah. And I know a lot of people might rush to the comments to tell me exactly what they got for Daniel Jones real quick. But when you look at him in a vacuum, I'd say he's probably worth around a first and a second. I think he's worth a little less. He's worth less than two seconds for sure. And when you look at players like Pickett and love, you can still sell these players for a future first in a lot of leagues. And as you said, if they both crush next season, you're gaining probably a second but then the alternative is that they aren't starting quarterbacks next year and you're getting what a, th a third like Jordan Love was acquirable for a third at any point of the last three seasons. Like at many points he was acquirable for a third round pick or two third round picks. Yeah. And, and you're not, and you're not going to want to, sorry to cut you off. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, the other, you want to take that future first because guess what? You don't even want to put these guys in your lineup. Like, there's a difference between holding onto a player that's going to like help you win a championship and you don't want to flip that for picks. If Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love are in your lineup, I'd say something has gone horribly wrong and you're not necessarily competing for a championship anymore. Like I would rather buy Ryan Tannehill for a third round pick and try to, you know, start mm -hmm. him uh, because these guys like at best are going to be low end QB twos, you know, probably in that QB three range, honestly. And, that's just not getting it done for your team, especially when you reach the fantasy playoffs. So you don't have to worry about dealing them for a first. I don't really think your ch championship opportunities are going to take a massive hit. And the, the odds are like, they're going to at best be a marginally more valuable if everything goes right. But in the, in more cases than not, you're going to be happy with that trade because they're probably going to decrease in value. Like look where Mac Jones is right now, right? QB 30. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's really the path that they're on. Yeah, and the fact you could acquire Mac Jones plus for either of these guys, I mean, that's a, something I would explore as well. If you can be Mac Jones in a second for either one of these guys, I think you're just picking up a second for, if anything, <laughs> at worst, a similar bet here, right? I mean, and Jordan yeah. Love, you to your point about putting your lineup in underdog ADP, Jordan Love's quarterback 20, Kenny Pickett's quarterback 23. If you're in a super flex format in your upcoming redraft leagues and either one of these guys are in your lineup, Unless you got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts as that quarterback one, you probably feel pretty disgusting about that. So I completely agree. Like if you are holding on to a player like Derrick Henry over first because you don't feel like that first is really worth the payoff of what he can do in your lineup, there's a big difference between that and Kenny Pickett. There's there's a really big difference there for me. And yeah, what you said about Daniel Jones, like a year ago, he was closer to being out of the league than being you know, a cornerstone type player for your dynasty team. So mm -hmm. that's exactly where we are here with probably both of these guys. So yeah, I agree with you. I really don't have 
any particular interest. I'll ask you a couple of this or that before we get out of here. I'll ask you for Kenny Pickett, primarily as that's the name we started with. Uh, Kenny Pickett or Dalton Kincaid? Kincaid. Kenny Pickett or Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce. Kenny Pickett or George Kittle? George Kittle. You're going Kenny up. Pick- <laughs> Kenny Pickett or Christian Kirk? Uh, that one's more of a toss up for me. Like if I, I'll say, I will say if I'm, I wouldn't trade Kenny Pickett straight up for Christian Kirk because I would typically have trouble replacing a quarterback without dealing a quarterback. And I don't think the advantage I'm getting from Kirk is like enough for me to give up that bargaining chip. So I'll say Pickett, but like if I was in a draft, I would draft, I would rather draft Christian Kirk, but I'm assuming that I have other options at quarterback available to me, if that makes sense. Okay. Kenny Pickett or Derek Henry. Um, I'll take Henry. Yeah, I, I'll take Henry for sure because if I'm a contender, I can use him. And if I'm not, he's gonna have more resaleability in season. All right. I'll I'll get you two two other ones. We already know you took you would prefer Trey Lance to Kenny Pickett. The last one I asked you is 100%. a twenty a twenty twenty five first or Kenny Pickett. Give me the give me the first. Twenty twenty five. I don't care. Okay. Make it a twenty twenty nine first. Sure. You see, <laughs> every name I brought up to you in terms of at least on like keep trade cut, not that we view that as gospel at all. There's certainly a whole ton of flaws. We always say, of course, as you move past the top two, there's a lot of people who are just clicking through. It gets more inaccurate as you go down. But in a vacuum, if we are looking at the numbers there, all of those players that I mentioned go directly after Kenny Pickett. Those are like the 10 names after Kenny Pickett. And if oh, that's... for almost every single name, you seem pretty confident in your selection. I think that speaks. Yeah, well. that's that's pretty gross. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Oh, so. man. All right. I think that about closes things up here. Really appreciate you coming on, Paul. This is fun. I mean, we ran a long time, uh, so hopefully we didn't waffle too much for you guys. Paul, let the people know what you got going on and where they can find you. Yeah, this was a blast, man. Thank you for the invite. Um, where you can find me is over at dynastyfootballfactory.com. I don't have a lot of written content lately, but if you catch me over on the YouTube channel, I am doing a weekly uh, podcast there called The Factory Tour, uh, bringing on guests, uh, mainly a- other analysts from the site. And we talk about all kinds of topical stuff. We did like a whole series on uh, startup strategy the past couple of weeks, but we're basically just like hitting the big, big topics that are interesting in the community and getting deep into the game theory of it and all. And I, I, it's been a lot of fun. So check that out. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. It's called The Factory Tour. All right. Definitely, guys. Definitely go give it a follow. And also, go follow everything at JWB underscore FF on Twitter. Go check out our website, JWBFantasyFootball.com. The Clips catalog that we plugged in the beginning. If you want to know our most recent take on any single player, I think it's a really useful source to go at least get a take. And you can let us know in the comments whether you agree or completely disagree. Until next time, guys. 